I was the A-type overachieving perfectionist, especially in my 20s, and it cost me my health. In that time, I decided to study life coaching. So it was really important that happiness is an inside job. If people can embrace some of these skills, this is happiness from the inside. You found Wolfpack Career Chats, and this is Marcy Bullock from the Career Development Center at North Carolina State University. I'm the creator of the podcast. Welcome to season four. This season will focus on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be, and we'll have exciting guests explore their journey. We're all still cooking friends, so no one put a fork in us yet. Enjoy this episode. Everyone, welcome to our Practicing Happiness class. This is a class that kind of evolved from the pandemic where NC State students can be inspired to practice joy and bring more happiness into their life. And today we have the author of the book that we have been reading, Shanna Kennedy. Hi, Shanna. Hello, everybody. What a group of inspiring girls you've got there. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. We have some fantastic people this semester. And of course, we're recording this so other people can hear it in the future as well. So we picked this book, 20 Secrets to a Happy Life, Shine. And you are one of the co-authors of that book, Shanna. We would love for you to start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and how it led to this book. And I know you're an author of another book, and you are a famous speaker and an executive life coach, and you transform people with well-being. And I think that is just so amazing. So welcome and tell us about you. Thank you. And thanks for having me, everybody. And so when I was 18, you know, I finished school and I'd watched Wall Street, the movie. So I thought Gordon Gecko was great. And I thought I'm going to be a stockbroker. So I basically rang a Melbourne stockbroking firm every single day for about 15 days, twice a day until the lady thought you're not going away. I'm going to give you a job. So I wasn't ready to go from school into college. It just, I just needed that break. So I'd done some work experience in the stock exchange, running those tickets around on those crazy floors. And I just really wanted to go to work. You know, I wasn't ready for the study part yet. So I worked there. I was one of the first girls to ever sit on the trading desk. And this is um, about 24 years ago. Um, when there were no women around, I started in the filing department. I had that really incredible work ethic um, and became that first girl to sit on the desk. And it was a really big deal. There were no women around at all. And I quickly realized it was a little bit like the Wolf of Wall Street, if anyone's seen that movie. It was really not a great place for a girl to be. There was no culture to support women. What I saw was just the most horrific stuff. So I decided to leave that industry and got a job in sports marketing. So a lawyer said to me, oh, I need someone to help me with sponsoring the sponsorship details of 10 of Australia's best golfers. So he said, do you want to learn how to run a business from the ground up? And I was like, oh, hell yes. So I ended up running this entire business because he taught me every different department of the business. And we had 10 great golfers and I'd travel with the golfers, run the corporate golf days. And it was really just learning on the job. I think a lot of women have this issue where they think they have to know everything and be good at it before they put their hand up. So I was quite the opposite. I didn't know very much. I knew I wouldn't be very good at it straight away, but I was willing to step in and learn. 
From there, my job went to Bole Sunglasses where I had 200 elite athletes and my job was Jerry Maguire, who was the buying and selling of athletes. And I really got an insight into high performance and why everybody had coaches and you know how dedicated they were, what their incredible, powerful planning programs were um, and what high performance was all about. But the job was seven days a week. So for a girl in her 20s, that was fantastic. It was flying on helicopters. It was going to Salt Lake City to the Winter Olympics to see my athletes. It was just an incredible experience. However, I had no self-care strategy whatsoever. So is anyone feeling like that little bit of burnout or oh, we've been on this treadmill for so long and it's just the same and I keep pushing through and I've got a headache and a backache, but I keep going. So I did that for a long time until one day I couldn't get up and I got chronic fatigue syndrome. I went into a very deep depression because my body was so depleted. I was very good at burning the candle at every end and, and not really recognizing that humans need rest and humans need to take care of their mental, physical and emotional health. So I did learn the hard way. And while I was in bed, I thought, I don't need a psychologist or a counselor. I actually need a coach to help me get through. So I employed a life coach, which nobody had heard of. In that time, I decided to study life coaching. So I was the first in Melbourne to become a qualified coach. And this is 20 years ago. And in that time, I was thinking about, you know, who are we without our job? Who are these athletes without their job? Who are you without your college? Who are you without your family? And bringing back people into self and self-awareness and how important that is. So it was really important that happiness is an inside job. You know, I really learned that doesn't matter what car you drive and what clothes you have and how many houses you've got. Happiness actually is an inside job. And I had done no work on the inside. Everything was external and externally driven. So that led me to opening up my practice 20 years ago to become a life coach coaching elite athletes into retirement and then really building a huge practice for the last 20 years while I raised my family. I have two children, 16 and 18, and my husband's here. He's a CEO as well. So we're very high performing family, but I am a high performing human. So I have high performance rest. I really take care to protect the asset. And after coaching for quite a while, I thought, why aren't I putting this in a book? So I actually have seven published books with Penguin, which are all global and around the world. And Shine's just one of them. The latest one is the life plan that's just been launched in the US. And I thought people need a plan. So if everybody here just thinks how old they'll be in five or 10 years time, that's really how the mind should be thinking. And Matthew McConaughey said it very well in his Oscar speech when he said his role model was his 10-year-older self. So I started to really think about my 10-year-older self and how do I want to feel? Where do I want to be in life? Where do I want to be financially, emotionally, with relationships, with my career? But most importantly, with myself, that relationship with self and getting rid of the inner critic and, you know, starting a relationship with myself, the best friend. And it has been the most amazing journey for me. So yes, now I am a speaker, best-selling author. I've got my family. I'm incredibly fit. Um, I do my headstands and move every day. And I do live a life of gratitude. And if people can embrace some of these skills, this is happiness from the inside. And it's all controlling the controllables.
I love that idea of happiness from the inside. And, you know, to hear your story of overcoming this whole, when your body just rebelled and said, hello, you can't do this anymore, Shanna. And you now have to lay in bed and you started to reflect on all of this. And we, of course, need to be reading your your next book, The Life Plan. But going back to the one that we're all focused on, The Shine One, this sounds like it came out of your life experience. And we would love to know a little bit more about how you chose these 20 topics because they're so great. And every one of them, I could talk to you an hour about. Yes. So really, as a life coach, everything comes back to let's just master the basics. You know, people get very fancy. I think that if you chose maybe two or three topics a year and you became a master of them, so say breathing, say gratitude or movement, which was very, very popular, or mindfulness, I spent an entire year learning mindfulness where I just really thought that's going to be my power skill that I would love to have for the rest of my life. Sight, sound, touch, taste and smell. Being able to ground myself when I had overwhelm. Being able to ground myself when, you know, I felt anxiety come up. To be able to live with chronic fatigue, which I still do and have to manage every day and depression every day, it's with me every day, is taking these skills and using them as your foundation for life. Um, When we really practice a life of gratitude, for example, it is really about the small things, isn't it? I'm so grateful that I could make a cup of tea and I've got boiling water and I've had a beautiful shower this morning and my legs work and I could go for a walk and I've got a warm bed and all those women in Ukraine, they just don't have anything. I mean, when you practice a life of gratitude, you look for the small. You look for all of the small details around you and they fill your tank and they fill your cup. And, you know, happiness is contagious. Being able to shine and be your best self with a full tank means that we can help other people. It means we can show up with purpose and passion for our friends and our family and our children. And and we need to be in charge of that tank. And life is a marathon, right? Every day is a marathon. Does everybody feel a little bit like every day is a marathon? I've got to leave to the end of the day. So if we don't warm up for the day, which is that, you know, we all watch Roger Federer and everyone in the tennis and all of the runners and how they warm up before they actually race. And then they cool down properly. We all need to do that for life. And and all of the topics in Shine are about how do you warm up? So for me, it's make my bed, move my body and mindfully breathe every day for the rest of my life. Those three M's start my day. And then there's also, you know, the marathon of the day where if you don't stop at the Gatorade stations, you're going to be exhausted at the end of the marathon. So the Gatorade stations are You know, when we wash our hands, every time we could be taking three deep grounding breaths, we could be practicing some gratitude, we could be doing some stretching, and then we're going to finish the marathon at, you know, five o'clock at night and be ready for the cool down, which is purposely and intentionally restoring yourself with either some movement, doing some journaling, sitting still for a minute, you know, refueling properly like an elite athlete does before you go for the next day. So all of the topics that I live by, they are topics that I have researched and practiced within an inch of their life. And they're things that I do every day. And I really wanted to share them with the world. 
And thank you for sharing them with the world and also for being vulnerable and talking about your mental health without a stigma attached to it and what that struggle is like with depression and how you have to look at that marathon every single day. I love the Gatorade analogy and the sports analogy because clearly you've worked with so many athletes and I was a soccer player in college, so I can relate to it and think about like 90 minutes on the field. I give it my all. And I know all the people who are in this class are super high achievers. So when you talked about your mindset for that, people could relate where it's hard to just stop doing things, you know, it's go, go, go. And I was curious culturally how that might differ with different countries, because I've spent some time in Australia and I felt like the whole no worries mentality was absolutely contagious. And then I got back to the US of A and it was like, wait, it's all about how much you are producing. When you did your research, what did you find about differences in cultures or countrywide? I think each country has a culture of high achievers. They're your elite athletes. Then there's the middle band, which Australia has a lot of, which is it'll be all right, don't worry. And then you've got the people that are just not driven at all. But every country does have that belt of high achievers. And I was the A-type overachieving perfectionist, especially in my 20s. And it cost me my health and serious burnout. I am still an A-type overachieving perfectionist but a much healthier version. So if we want sustainability and we want to be here for the long marathon and finish college still feeling good without glandular fever and depression and anxiety and overwhelm, we actually need to embrace the pace. And we need to learn from people that did burnt out like myself that, you know, life is long and it's short. And if we can really focus on powerful marathons every day where we do really respect rest. If elite athletes did not rest and recover properly and have their massage and their nutrition and their sleep and everything else, how do they show up the next day on the track? And we're all athletes of life. We really are. And we need to warm up and take that quite seriously. Your morning rituals of gratitude, of breathing, of moving your body. You've got to think of yourself as an elite athlete of life. Then the marathon, yeah, we go hard. We produce a lot. We're all high achievers, especially all the beautiful girls here. We do have a female body that is not full of testosterone, so it takes a very big toll. So we do need to have that beautiful care factor every night going in of, you know, even putting the essential oils on at nighttime. You know, I've got tons of these rolly oil things that I put on and that's mindfulness. It's changing your nervous system. So we need to be very clear about what your rituals are that warm you up that protect you during the day. So between every client, I smell some essential oils to reset the body. And then at nighttime, you know, what are the stretches that you might do in front of the television? While you're watching Netflix, you know, you could be moving your body in some way, or I lie with my legs up the wall and invert myself for a while. So these small things, actually, all of the things in the book, they're all very small but they're all incredibly powerful if we want to have long-term success and happiness. And nobody wants to get to the end and say, I'm just too exhausted now. Or to get to the job that they wanted. You know, I coach a lot of women who earn probably $700,000 a year or a million dollars a year. And they're so exhausted. They cry for 55 minutes of my one hour session. And they just forgot the one thing to protect the asset, which is themselves. And nobody fills up your oxygen tank. So you can give it all out. But if you're not consciously filling up the oxygen tank, we're not going to get the results long term. So just thinking about the burn factor mindfulness, gratitude, journaling, unpacking your brain. How do you feel each day? 
you know, you can really keep an eye on your beautiful, precious, wonderful self. Oh my goodness. That's ringing so true. And hearing you just talk about how you learned it the hard way and for people at this start of their career to be realizing they don't have to make those mistakes that, you know, the whole oxygen makes me think of when people say on the airplane, put on your mask before you put it on someone else, you have to take care of yourself. And the topics you've been mentioning are so important. You say they're simple, but also they're very important. They're very important. So it's not like they're easy because it's, it's simple, but it's hard to do because you have to be so intentional. Things like mindfulness and breath and eating, gratitude, moving and sleeping. Those are six of the topics that our class in particular, they mentioned they're doing a 30-day challenge. So they're really, really focusing on it every single day. And of course, you have 20 full topics. Were there other topics that you were debating that you had to leave off that left in the cutting room floor? Well, you know, there's another book called Restore, which is the 20 self-care rituals to reclaim your energy. You know, visual is very important to me. And I think for all of the girls out there, you've all got your beautiful rooms is, you know, visual is important. And so visual, you know, this is my vision that I have on my computer. She's a little card. She's in my vision board kit boxes that are for sale. But every day I want to be her. I, I want to show up a type overachieving perfectionist high performing human but I want to feel like her I want to feel light I want to feel joyful I want to feel energetic when I go to write the next topic or do the next zoom or write the next book I always think how can I just approach this next one hour of my life with joy with lightness and it might be the heaviest thing ever like you know you start a book and you've all got your papers and there's a blank screen and you have to type the first word and how heavy that first word is because you know you've got to start somewhere and then it's going to unfold i think that if everybody had a picture of how they wanted to feel not what you want to achieve but how you want to feel because i don't want to feel exhausted tired grumpy moody depressed anxious and overwhelmed so sometimes I will cut the day down into only one hour at a time. I'll just do this for the next hour, but I'll do it really well, but just for the next hour and then I'll go and wash my hands and have a break or whatever. So pacing yourself, but being very clear on you are first. You know, nobody's going to say to me, oh, Shanna, you know, I did a Zoom the other day for 600 people who were listening to every word because it was all about depression and anxiety. So there's a lot of pressure and stress for that approach with lightness and joy, just be your authentic self, really challenging the way that our mind thinks and our mindset is really important. And when we can ground ourselves in our senses, our mindfulness, when we can talk about how grateful we are that we have this opportunity today, and when we decide how we want to feel about it, it's like putting into the computer here, you know, this is how you want to feel and nobody's going to do that for you. You know, nobody's going to fill your tank. So no one says, oh, Shannon, why don't you have a massage? Or why don't you put a feed up? Or maybe take a day off. Nobody's going to tell me that. We have to give ourselves permission to actually sit in the success that we have and for all the girls to celebrate where you are right now and feel where you are right now because it's a pretty imp incredible place to be right now. And always ask yourself the question that I have here, what would love do? Because I think as women, we are incredibly tough on ourselves. We push ourselves really hard. It's a very big competitive world. We're all operating as silos. And sometimes we just need to say, well, what would love do right now? And if I ask myself that question, it would be like, maybe be a bit kinder to yourself. 
Maybe celebrate yourself a little bit more. Maybe celebrate where you're at right now because it's a pretty great place you're at right now. And yes, there's a very big to-do list, but I don't call it the to-do list. I call it I get to-do list. I get to do the washing. I get to do the dishes. I get to write another book. I get to coach 10 people today. I get to do three Zooms today. I get to do it, not I have to do it. So these small things make a very big difference to your energy levels and your happiness and your ability to shine. And, and we want to do that every day as much as we can. Such an important perspective, the visualizing and just the whole notion of the shine, just thinking about what what are we like when we light up. And I agree with you in so many settings, there's almost this badge of honor about how, how busy you are. Like, let's all try to top the person. I'm so busy and I worked so hard and I put in 80 hours this week. And it's like, what, why? And do you think you're getting a medal at the end of your life for, you know, neglecting things outside that are more important to you, like your own self? I often listen to people that are like that and say, I've done so much and I'm working so hard. And I just think, how foolish, you know, like I I actually think you're not a role model. So when we think of our role models and think about the people that we really respect and admire, how much do they care for themselves? And usually they're the people that, you know, Michelle Obama, you know, they, they care for their health. They move their body. They're very present around where they're at. There's a lot of great role models out there. And it could be your mum, It could be your auntie. It could be one of your teachers. It could be a friend. Someone that really does think about, I want to be a high achiever, but I want to go the long distance. And I'm going to be there at the end. And I'm not going to be burnt out and exhausted and fried. So I think for me, embracing the pace is it's really helped me over the last 20 years of living with chronic fatigue and depression because every day if I don't move my body I feel like I've been hit by a truck I really feel the weight so it's just non-negotiable and all of these little practices have really helped with my mental health over the years and really supported it to allow me to be the best possible version of myself. And thank you for reminding us just how lucky we are to be here at this moment. There's so many places everyone could be, but we're right here in this community having this fantastic, inspirational conversation. Thinking back to the book, Shanna, what feedback have you received from readers, if any? Well, not many people do give feedback these days because they're too busy. But the feedback that I always get with all of my books are like, I try to make things simple for people. I don't want to read a whole book on mindfulness or a whole book on movement. So how can I deliver these unbelievable life skills and wellness skills that we don't learn at school properly? How can I give it to you in bullet point format so that it's practical and it's real and it's doable and it's achievable? So my readers, um, over all of my books, it's all about how can I give it to you simply? How can I give it to you in a real way that you can just practice? Because people aren't ready for all of the science and they don't ever finish the book. Great. Let's make every skill five pages only. That's the feedback I would give too, is I love how easy it is to look at the bullet points and see the quotes and just have it resonate so much. What I want to wrap up with is a little bit about your transformation. So we actually gave out butterflies in class. I know that sounds super cheesy, but that is me, kind of the symbol of coming out of the cocoon and and spreading your wings and also getting butterflies when you're nervous. So with your life, how would you finish the sentence, I was... 
than I am, than I will be. I was exhausted. I am fully happy with great inner harmony. And I will be a wise, wonderful, happy human on this planet.